Welcome to TT with the Ballers podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of TT with the Ballers. Uh, today we have a special episode on on Manchester City. We'll be covering the last season. We'll be covering this season, the transfer activity, and and a lot more uh, gossips, rumors, and everything that's that's around it. So, so we have uh, on the show with us uh, Akio, Ken, and Abhishek with us. The three Manchester City fans, and and we'll be trying to engage them in in a meaningful and 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 some deep conversation. We'll have lots of banter and all of that. So, firstly, uh, congratulations to all of you as Manchester City fans on winning the Premier League and the Champions League and the FA Cup. So it was a a trio that. That was well awaited. So, uh, why don't we start with Abhishek? You and and you can try and encapsulate what went on the last season with with the trio in the bag of Manchester City. Cool. So, uh, it's not not just the treble, but we should also remember that we won three Premier Leagues in a row. So, let's not underscore that. And what went well? Yeah, I think uh, pretty much everything. Haaland, obviously, the big man, the big boy. I mean, multiple goal scores, right? I I think upwards of thirty-five goals. I think thirty-six, thirty-seven goals in a season. It's a phenomenal achievement, right? So that um, next you look at Pep. So seven years in a row. Highest ever uh, cumulative points. Like I, I know Hersh, uh, that might come off as a bit of a jale pe namak chhedakna type, right? So same same time. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. That's hai. that's all fair. <laughs> but 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 when same. you lose to the best, so it's it's all in good faith. Yes. So yeah, pretty much everything went well. Uh, I think, uh, at least as a fan, uh, I was the most nervous when we were uh, probably trailing behind Arsenal uh, when you talk about the Premier League. But that was not as big as of a worry. Um, I was more nervous in the two legs that we had with Real Madrid. Right. Uh, who, who was stuff of nightmares, but dude, like we really crushed it. I mean, I that was really unexpected. At least as a fan, I really uh, thought that it would be way more difficult for us to crack. But once we had that, I, I, I somehow in my heart knew that ha, is bar travel to ho jayega. Ab, ab, ab kuch nahi chodenge. Right, right. Or um, so yeah, let's let's jump right into it because I'm I'm sick and tired of this topic. But the topic is is obviously such a sensation, a young. Guy that comes and scores fifty-two goals. So, uh, what do you have to say, Ken, about uh, 
Erling Haaland. So first things first, I would start with a bit of skepticism from the rest of the world and the rest of world that shares about Haaland is that <coughs> it was an outlier for him to stay fit all season. And he could become eventually predictable and he could, you know, that could lead to him not being able to replicate that kind of performance in uh, further seasons to come. So, so firstly, how do you rate Haaland? Obviously, you would rate him really high. But how do you see to these kind of criticism that uh, that are coming Haaland's way? So, I remember a conversation that I had very early in the season last year when I think we first signed him. And um, to be very honest with you, I had seen him play uh, against City when he was at Dortmund. He was in the, uh, I think it was the quarterfinals of the Champions League back, uh, right? And uh, we'd not let him run at all. So, as, as much as all of us were excited, we were also slightly worried if... Uh, if he's going to adapt to the gameplay where uh, uh, we were so used to watching Pep and his team play the false nine system, just keep passing continuously. There's no uh, dedicated striker coming in. Um, and whoever had the opportunity used to score and we went on to score 100 plus goals even in that season without a striker. But then when he came in, um, what I have to commend is I think um, firstly the team ideally adapting to his runs, uh, to his presence, to his... And, and if you if you notice the initial season, he wasn't very good at uh, defense or pressing. And, and he developed that as well over the season, right? If you saw yesterday's game, he was pressing quite a bit. Uh, not as effectively as uh, Julian Alvarez, but uh, he was doing it way better than how he started a season with us. But I think what I have to comment more is the way the dude actually adapted to the city system, right? Uh, he knew that he would not get the ball every single time he made a run. Um, and he didn't let that frustrate him, right? It can be very frustrating, I think, to some strikers when they don't receive the ball, even though they're open. Uh, but I think as a team, we are so used to sort of pulling it back a little, pulling that press on and then building those gaps and then run making those runs. Um, and we saw that in the results, right? Whenever there was an opportunity, he did score. Um, he broke all possible records. Um, it's it's a shame that, you know, uh, the Ballon d'Or might not go to him this year because mm. objectively speaking, it it does deserve on his mantle. Um, right. I think, I so, think he'll be rated really high in the Ballon d'Or also. And scoring more than one goal per match in Premier League, I don't think anyone has touched that kind of... Anyone has had that kind of season. Correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, it's just insane. Alan, insane. Yeah, I think Alan Shearer came close. I don't know what his stats those season were because there are also more games. But this is... Yeah, one goal per match was actually more than what uh, some of the articles that I'd read very early in the season. I remember Athletic saying that at Dortmund, he was somewhere around 0.63. But at... Um, uh, City, he's expected to do somewhere around 0.85 goals per, uh, you know, per game. Right. And it was fabulous the way he just did not take any of that into consideration and just kept going, right? And um, we, we, like, there's a huge uh, debt that we owe him 
the way that he took us through the Premier League and the initial stages of, say, the Champions League. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think I, it just gelled really well. And I'm, I'm I know that they say uh, we don't know if we'll follow through for the rest of the season, but I have a lot of faith and uh, in in the physio team at City because I've seen a lot of times people or uh, players basically recovering much quicker than they do at other teams. Uh, people not who are prone to injury coming into City and not being so prone to injury. Uh, Haaland has an average of six weeks break every year before this. But at City, I think he was gone at best for about 20 days, right? Um, and he did not suffer when he wasn't around. Um, so I have a lot of faith in that. I'm not saying he'll probably beat his own record again. That's That's something we'll have to... Wait and watch simply because other teams are also adapting to his play in the Premier League as well as outside. But I have a lot of faith in the physio team and in himself, in his discipline to keep going and keep doing better. I just want to go ahead and add here one thing. Uh, hi guys, Jayesh, a true Chelsea fan, not a big fan of Manchester City. But uh, <laughs> uh, coming to the point where, as of now, we see we are seeing goals per match at 1.03 goals. He's hitting almost every match. This is first season and the law of averages in the longer run will pan out. And that number will fall into late 80s, early 90s. But given the fact that the Premier League is going under, undergoing such a change, all credit to City and what they have done, but I think this season will be a, a little different moving forward for Erling Haaland because of a lot of changes. City is also going through squad-wise. Uh, so, it is it is going to be an interesting season if, if nothing. So, yeah, just wanted to add that. We can move forward. Yep. Uh, right, let's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, please go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying, uh, yeah, uh, in all fairness, like, uh, yeah, Erling Haaland is a great player and has scored innumerable goals, right? So that's a record, uh, as as what you were saying, Hirsch, right? Uh, right, but right. Definitely, uh, to Jayesh's point as well, it would, as law of averages says, uh, and all things that are, right, uh, it would definitely not be this great probably this season but that should not worry uh, City at all because we have seen goals pouring in from almost every quarter even when Haaland was not there. So in the matches where you would see you no know, Haaland you would see uh, an Alvarez step up or uh, Phil Foden in the initial parts of uh, the Premier League uh, the first half of it. He used to and show up. Like, and then and Silva and Lot of talent, lot of talent. So that is something that obviously I don't think anyone can can deny. But uh, but uh, yeah, apart from Haaland, uh, we obviously miss uh, mentioning about Julian Alvarez, and he has been an incredible player. So apart from Haaland, there have been a couple of uh, transfers that. Ended up being very smart. Uh, Akanji was, I think, the bargain of the season. So I would like to bring in uh, Akio into the conversation and take his views on on 
what apart from uh, Haaland worked for City. I think Kevin De Bruyne was a big, big factor. And uh, just the system that they played and, and basically uh, this was the season where uh, Jack Grealish really showed his his true colours or or really returned on the investment uh, Manchester City had had made. So what do you think about, about the rest of the City? Because that kind of gets, you know, overshadowed by the greatness of Haaland and we cannot deny that. But I think that deserves a mention. Yeah, I think uh, there was a lot of efforts from everyone in the team. Of course, when someone breaks so many records and scores so many goals like Holland, uh, things are going to get overshadowed. But everyone played their role right from the back up to the front. Uh, defenders were on point. And uh, as it's been proven many times before, it's a that wins you title at the end, uh, titles at the end of the day. And even when you look at the Champions League and stuff like that, um, we've always come up short, I would say, because of the defense on many occasions. There have been many slip-ups, there have been off days. And uh, as you know, Champions League is all about luck. It's 13 games to win the Champions League. And there are teams that have won like barely 50% of them and still gone on to win the Champions League. So it's all about defense. And uh, it, I mean, this was very much on show in games like Bayern Munich, where we completely blocked out all of their efforts. Uh, all the defenders looked hungry like they've never been before. And, and they looked determined to prove a point. From Ruben Diaz, uh, who had a bit of injuries last season, who came back fit and provided a lot of depth for us. Uh, Nathan Ake, who was very... Um, like, very happy to play a left-back and a centre-back role and excelled in that role as well um, and John Stones I, like I don't have words for John Stones I've always been a fan of his for a long time uh, but the new role that Pep has given him where he's drifting into midfield playing as a number six uh, it's not really uh, I think it gets overlooked a lot but he essentially played as a number six in the Champions League final and he ruled it so that's pretty amazing. And yeah, I mean, everyone has played their role. Kevin De Bruyne is always going to play his role no matter what. I think if you look even at the past seasons, he's played what? I think he's got like 15 assists almost every season except for the one he got injured, uh, the 2018-19 season. And even in that, he came back from injury in the Spurs game, got like uh, a hat-trick of assists in that Champions League game which he got knocked out in. So... He's on another level. He's always going to turn up. And I think he's at his peak right now. Uh, but yeah, like you said, even players like Grealish stepping up was really great. I think everything clicked all at once. And yeah, I mean, it was just bound to... There's only so many times the same group of players can go through uh, like setbacks before they come together and triumph in the end. So it was bound to happen. When you keep making mistakes and you keep learning as a group, uh, at some point, there will be a breakthrough and this was some breakthrough to win three trophies in the modern era and that were the three biggest ones. Um, so. Right. I think I think Jayesh would be a happy man selling Kevin De Bruyne to Manchester City through some <laughs> luck and, and now <laughs> obviously we have 
another great player i think i personally love this player and matteo kovacic has has joined for a very dirt cheap price uh, to manchester city so i would like to bring in aman and and uh, take his views on on how do you think manchester city's recent transfer has been transfer business has been including you know not just this season but 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 a previous a uh, few seasons you know a lot of departures gabriel jesus leaving zinchenko leaving sterling leaving now riyad mahrez has left uh, a couple of good players have retired so uh, how do you see the overall transfer scenario is it uh, is it something that that excites you or does it worry you um honestly i think we are doing pretty well in the transfer department because i think we've covered you know most of the positions that um uh, we are missing so um i think kovacic directly f- uh, slots in for you know the role that gundogan was playing for us um and to talk about kovacic i've always been a fan of kovacic um i think um you know he popped off in the 2121 uh, 2021 season for uh, chelsea i think he had the most progressive passes most through balls and all kind of stuff um yeah so he directly slots in for you know um, uh, gundogan apart from that um, yeah mares living was a you know a bit of a, di- a disappointment because he has been a great servant for the club um as for the replacements for mahrez goes um i think we were linked to michael olisi at some point of time but i not sure about how that's going to go but um you know as we saw yesterday cole palmer he was pretty he was pretty insane yesterday also had a very good um, under 21 world cup run with england so all in all i think the squad is pretty um, balanced right now especially with uh, also another great croatian player in um josko guardiol um yeah i don't think we need um, any big signings with the squad that we have right now it's pretty right. balanced i'd say but gordiol yes of course big signing big big signing uh, can um, do you have some comments um yeah i mean uh, he's uh, he's just 20 years old i think um he slots right into the squad with his you know progressive passing with his ball the way he carries the ball and also uh, another important thing is his recovery pace which is very very good and that is something you know um, very important in the current guardiola side as we've seen with um, players like uh, ake uh, akanji who also have that very good recovery pace um yeah it will be a very interesting season and um, especially um, to you know uh, watch guardiola play in this particular city side and look forward right. to how he slots in right right so moving on to the next speaker uh, ken uh, i guess you have some comments to make but i would also like you to add the departures because because there have been some significant departures uh, recently and uh, obviously 
apart from that the curious case of Jao Cancelo what are you going to do with that guy right um as far as the departures is concerned i think uh, i would consider the biggest loss to be gundo um i think him going to barcelona is a was we were all happy for him um i think because it's been a childhood dream for him and he achieved another dream with us and then decided to go to a club that he always wanted to be part of but um, i don't think anybody can replace the way he made those runs uh the previous years premier league uh, the last two goals in those 10 minutes plus you know the the amount of goals he scored even in the uh, season last year the kind of runs that he made is something that the intelligence is something that you cannot replace and i think his captaincy is what uh, motivated a bunch of the players as well they spoke very very highly of him so for me that becomes a very top rated departure we wish we could have retained um I know Silva also wanted to leave again uh, this year but I I don't think that will go through because of other reasons but I really hope he stays around at least for one other one more re- uh, season because uh, I I see this pair as very complementing to each other and the games get very interesting when both of them play alongside Foden and KDB um I wish Mares had stayed back and progressed his career a little longer with City I think he had a lot of potential um especially given the right but you weren't playing him right i mean a player as good as mares doesn't deserve that kind of time on the bench and i know it sounds a bit rhetorical uh i mean even even the playing players and and uh, players like henderson and fabinho who might not be the best players in 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 by the standards of manchester city but they were very crucial players for some very crucial uh, opponents of manchester city they have left so where do you uh, because because uh, at the end of the day he was sitting on the bench right for all practical purposes yeah. and then that makes yeah. it very tricky to keep hold of players like riyad mahrez yeah but on 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 that end i think it's also because uh, there were a lot of times that kdb would play that role on the right wing and then bernardo would come on the right wing a lot of times and because those two are world class players not to not to take anything away from riyad but because those two are such world class players it 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 did take away a lot of time but him uh, uh maris by himself is such a top class player and he deserves to go uh, and play and excel i just don't know if saudi was the place uh, that he could have gone and excelled right i think within the top 5 leagues in fact in the top 4 leagues or top 3 Well, uh, is where he if Ronaldo can anyone can yeah but uh, look at when ronaldo went to saudi right i think that's also very very important ronaldo went to build a brand i don't think him going there has sort of uh, taken his team uh, you know to any high standards than they already were it's just that it's created a brand which is now recognizable throughout across the world uh, which all of these players are doing of course this year but i i don't think it'll have the same fame as you know participating in the champions league more or less much less winning it right uh, i i know they have their own league and their own uh, cup and their own version of a champions league but it's it's not really going to be fun in a way that um 
you know it would have been in europe and i think where he is in his career i wish he had uh, stayed back a little longer at city or at least moved to one of the english rivals because uh, he played really beautiful football like the first touch and all of that was really really beautiful i don't think um, he was a top class first touch guy in the entirety of the first uh, in the in the top 5 leagues so i i have um a couple of questions there right so just adding to your point can uh, ronaldo did go to build a brand and he, i think he did a fantabulous job at building the brand instead of building al ittihad he built uh, sorry al nasser he built the saudi pro league so and he is attracting quite a bit of attention there but that's another conversation to have for another day but at this point of time with manchester city going under some changes in terms of changing the squad uh guardiola coming in then the addition of uh, kovacic where the team which is being built right now at manchester city do you think at any point of time these youngsters who have played the majority of the time last season and again a rigorous season again how crucial it is going to be for those city players to be fit take on the challenge because to be very honest during the later part of the season where actually city started kicking in but the goals were not coming in from the regulars as was mentioned earlier right that city goes ahead and gives a lot of goals from all and every position but under those circumstances under under those changes how how different the coming season would be abhishek yep uh so before i uh, kind of put my thoughts on that uh, so my view point on riyadh is really different uh my thought around riyadh is that uh, he was a phenomenal player is a phenomenal player but he was a bit older um, as compared to other players in the squad and probably could not um, give his the best uh, given the rigorous schedule that we have that said uh, as just looking at some of the facts by the side uh, riyadh almost featured in most of the matches in premier league he played he had 30 appearances probably coming off with the bench probably starting off and then going off as a substitute but yeah he did have his fair share of time uh, that said again the intensity of uh, the premier league championship uh, sorry champions league and multiple other tournaments that we have to play i don't think uh, riyadh was the best man to do that job given given that we have a really high intensity new recruits right so who can step in and take that role and execute spectacularly uh, so okay um i i really want to talk about one specific new and upcoming talent cole uh, palmer yeah just Aki, so you, I'll, 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 yeah. i'll take that one the question that you had asked right Uh, in okay. the way that the squad is evolving, uh, I think the new signing, uh, the the, I think in the way that the squad is evolving, I think some new roles and some of my prediction is that, um, 
Kovacic might take some time to basically fit into that role that uh, Gundo has left behind. But at the same time, what I see very strongly happening is Diaz and Vaudiol sort of making that uh, backline very, very strong. Uh, while at the same time, I see Stones then playing that role that Gundo left as well, right? Along with Rodri, because that worked really well for us. As far as uh, uh, the youngsters are concerned, uh, I have a lot of faith, of course. Like It goes without saying within Foden, but I'm really excited to see what McAtee can do. Uh, I think he's very exciting to watch uh, whenever he plays. Uh, another player to watch out for is, of course, Rico Lewis. Um, he's he was just top of his game in every game that he played last year, right? Um, so the squad depth is there. As far as injury is concerned, like I said, I have utmost faith in the physio at Man City. Um, the the evidence being that a lot of physios at Man City get recruited very actively and then go to rival clubs, right? Which means that the philosophy and the uh, culture to keep people fit and the methodology that they're putting in place, which is a lot more preventive than letting somebody get injured and then sort of trying to fix them is uh, has worked really, really well for us. So uh, I think even last year we had we had relatively fewer players uh, and at, an, at the average age was also not like the young as young as Arsenal was, but we still ended up, you know, taking most of these players till the end of the season. We had just about one or two injuries in the last two, three months. And they were playing most of the games, right? I think only Ake was missing sometime during March. But the rest of them were on top of their game till the Champions League final, which was towards the end of June. Also, while some most of them also participating in the World Cup. So, I think it goes without saying, even though we have two additional tournaments to play this year, uh, I have utmost faith in the physio at Man City. And... Uh, and in the younger players who are now stepping up after, you know, two seasons that they've been around. Yeah, you should have. Like, that is an interesting take on football that people want their physio teams to be really, really good, right? Because as a Chelsea fan, oh, let me tell you, I think my physio team sucks. So... With that being said, I think uh, the youngster question was covered. So, Akio, I have another question for you here. Of a wonderful season with the treble and then another last three seasons where continuous trophies have flown in all three back-to-back uh, -back Premier Leagues for three seasons in a row. From here... What are the expectations out of Manchester City? What does a Manchester City fan want out of the Manchester City football um, in terms of how the club is being shaped? And as a Man City fan, what would be your expectations moving forward? Because achieving the treble, we have seen time and again, and these are being shots fired to our fellow Barcelona listeners and other people who have won the treble. Cockiness just follows, right? So, I just want to ask you from here, what does a Manchester City fan want? Um, I mean, trophies aside, obviously, anyone would like to keep winning trophies. Uh, definitely want to put more numbers on the board. Cup those PLs, hopefully more CLs. Um, but 
that's the basic everyone's going to give you but aside from that i think just the style of football and the system that manchester city has developed i hope that that can keep going because uh, especially since pep has come in over the last what is it now 7 years um things have changed massively um and leaving aside the first team and the whole uh, the football they play and the trophies um the what they are doing as brand and what they are doing in youth football and everything is just like incredible uh it with terms of like we're turning into a complete household brand now uh, all the biggest uh, sponsors all around the world want to tie up with us and uh, we are just in a really really good place and with regards to youth football i think somewhere in 2015 or something like that or 2013 i'm not sure um, the city football group had invested like 200 million i think in uh, building a new academy like revamping the academy at city and i think that has increased twofold or more in all this time because it took some time but the academy is doing incredibly well at the moment i think we are three times pl2 champions which is the under 23 like three times in a row i think we are also three times under 18 champions in a row again and uh, i think in the last couple of years uh, we've also won the under 16 p we've also won the under 8 under 12 and, and uh, yeah with regards to pl2 and under 18 i think it's three peats in both uh, departments so i think that's quite a feat to be the best team in the like the best youth team in the country for 3 years in a row at different levels so that is something i'd like to see carry on uh, whether these players can make it into the first team or uh, just turns out to be money for us either ways it works because even since pep has come uh, to city i think we've made, we've we've crossed the 500 mark in sales um but i believe about 250 to 300 of that have come just from academy players so and these are from direct sales of academy players like quite recently uh, gavin basuno to southampton romeo lavia to southampton um but there are also a lot of uh, clauses that have been inserted into other deals like jaden sancho went to manchester united brahim diaz at ac milan so from all these kind of deals we've racked up a lot of money and it's actually more than half the amount like out of all the sales we've earned in the last 7 years almost half of them have come from the academy so you can say that uh, they have already um they've already recovered all the money that they've invested and now we are going into profits so uh yeah i think that's just what i'd like to see from the club to keep going in the same directions keep playing the same style of football and uh keep dominating at every level be it senior level or even youth level uh that's what i'd like to see i don't know how the youth level would um how the youth teams will carry on now because uh one of our uh the guy who was spearheading the whole youth movement joe shields uh i think he was taken by southampton last year or this year i'm not sure and now i think clubs like chelsea and liverpool are looking at getting him as the head of youth over there so he played the biggest role in all of this so i'm not sure how we move from here on but hopefully it's all positive
still haven't answered my question. Will the cockiness follow? Oh, uh, yeah, they probably will. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I I can definitely say I I don't think I was thinking like this a few years back. But uh, after winning one CL, I'm definitely hungry for another one, and I'm coming straight for Chelsea. I think we need that second CL, and uh, it just pisses me off to think of the the CL that we lost to Chelsea. It was like purely up until the point that we won it. Uh, it was just really annoying to think that like a Timo Werner had a UCL medal, a Tammy Abraham had a UCL medal, but someone like an Aguero didn't, and that was oh, purely man. our fault. We completely gave up that CL and we wasted a golden chance there. So definitely looking forward to winning the second one and catching up with Chelsea. Oh, definitely. It will be a fun season. Uh, moving forward, I'd like to bring in Aman and uh, from here, I'll take the conversation into a little deep into what Manchester City have done. And I think the best investment they made, which has paid off is Pep Guardiola. And bringing him seven years back and trusting him and, you know, entrusting the way he played football. He he has gone ahead and appended the way football is played in England. And a lot of players have been adapting to it. Speaking of John Stones, as a, he's invented or not invented or let's say reinforced the fact that, you know, a John Stones can come down and start scoring bangers or keep the play in control as per their wish, right? And that is what has contributed to Manchester City's success. So, Aman, how do you feel about Pep Guardiola and what he has done at Manchester City? Um, firstly, <laughs> I would like to thank Guardiola for everything. I mean, he has totally changed the history of this club from, uh, you know, um, uh, we were winning quite a lot of trophies before him, but uh, after he has been in charge over here, it's been a totally different case. Like we've been completely dominating football in England. Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, um, speaking about the achievements and stuff, um, yeah, I think Pep was, uh, uh, many City fans may disagree with me, but I think he was got into this, uh, got into this football club to win the UCL for us. And now that we've finally won it, um, I think he has, uh, you know, done his job, um, he probably has another year on his contract. Um, we, I personally hope that he wins another UCL here and then goes on to his next venture. I don't think he'll uh, continue his stay beyond uh, whatever the, I mean, uh, beyond his contract over here. Um, that's my personal opinion over it. But yeah, I mean, I I'm honestly out of words to describe Guardiola. I mean, he has done his an overwhelming uh, manager. Yeah. <laughs> what else could we ask for, man? <laughs> Abhishek, do you like his tactical football? The way Pep Guardiola oh, his team plays. Um, yeah. 
I absolutely <laughs> love that. And and the numbers speak, right? So he has averaged around what ninety points per season for last seven years, right? And that's a staggering number of points, right? The closest uh, another team has come up in the last seven years is uh, Liverpool, which are, I think, around eighty, eighty eighty five points, and and five point average for last seven years is a huge number, right? So yeah, numbers do speak for uh, itself. Uh, the Tiki Taka game that he has brought here, how he has challenged, and and you see uh, some of it uh, being hived off to how Arsenal are playing right now. Given that uh, Arteta has tried to follow suit, uh, tried to learn from the master, tried to best him as well, and and yes, uh, I think uh, Guardiola has left his mark on English football, made it even better. This league was. in my opinion was always the best and he has come and made it better so definitely pep guardiola a man to look up to the superman to all the humans of manchester city and he has done good business he has shown the results he has made every other club look like shit the way he has played football and rightly said liverpool were up there with them but liverpool lost their class this season and made them the superior the ultimate power in the premier league right so kenneth where do you see manchester city next season and um, who's the closest competitor you think that you know could go on to maybe challenge manchester city or even better for as a, for me as a chelsea fan go on and beat them to the first place right so <clears throat> for man city per se i think anything short of another premier league and another champions league would be um sort of a you know a smaller standard for them uh but i think i'm more excited to watch more football in the sense like whenever i whenever i watch i know numbers speaks for them but whenever i watch city play and this is an opinion that everybody around me agrees irrespective of what team they support uh it's just so beautiful to watch right the passes the games and like the control uh the innovation is just is just beautiful to watch but from a rivalry standpoint i think the closest team that could come at us next year um uh, i think is going to be liverpool again um i always feel anybody who comes into premier league takes about a year to get used to the entire surrounding and then the second year always is uh wherein they uh they click and they keep going and there are some massive superstars like darwin nunes and luis diaz in liverpool who could take them to different heights it's unfortunate that they that they won't play champions league next year but i think at least in the premier league they would be very very competitive uh next year uh besides that i'm excited to watch Arsenal again i think uh, they've rebuilt their team really well i think the amount of faith that they put in arteta is uh, almost as close to what we did with guardiola while other teams have just hired and fired managers left right and center every single season right like i mean chelsea is a prime example like you guys went through three managers last year but uh, that way i think that consistency is going to help 
uh, with Liverpool and with Arsenal. The amount of faith that they've put in Klopp and Arteta, I think, is going to really pay off. Um, <clears throat> at least in English football. Um, I'd be looking out though for um, Real Madrid this year. Uh, like we do every year, but Real Madrid this year, I think, is going to be a strong force. Uh, I don't know who is going to fill Benzema's booth, but I'm really excited to watch Bellingham come play again at the Etihad. And, you know, if possibly if that happens, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, this is an open question whoever would like to answer because this is more like a hypothetical fantasy world. Premier League is starting this weekend and only, I guess, two additions as of yet. If Correct me if I am wrong. I think only two major additions which have been done. It's Mateo Kovacic and Josko Guardiol. Yep. Any more additions? What is the top three for, like the front three for Manchester City? If anyone would like to think, take that question. Um. Can I take it up? Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, the front three would be um, um, obviously Erling Haaland up front, um, then uh, Grealish on the left wing, and the right wing is where all the uh, debate comes into the picture. So, um, obviously, there are many contenders for it. Like um, Cole Palmer, as we saw yesterday, but um, I think um, uh, I would like to you know watch uh, Foden play on the right wing, um, or maybe even Pep could go in for Alvarez on the right wing. So yeah, that is the position that is open for um, debate, or who knows, maybe even a four-four-two this season. So. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. Abhishek, do you feel similarly? Yep, yep. yep. I think uh, with the depth that we have, the as, as Raman said, right, possibilities are endless. We still have Bernardo uh, to fill in those uh, right flanks, right? But I would be really, really hopeful and excited to see Alvarez and uh, Haaland play together. Uh, and, and to everyone's point, right? So uh, I think one of the uh, player that excites me the most and is probably one of the upcoming ones um, is Cole Palmer. So I hope he gets more minutes uh, this season. I hope he turns into someone like Phil Foden who can actually make his mark and it be a yeah, regular. I also, player. sorry to cut you off, but I also hope that Phil Foden gets injured and Cole Palmer gets more time. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, but talking about transfers, yeah, um, I've heard uh, there's talks going on to onboard Mitoma uh, from Brighton. And I mean, I really like watching him play. Um, he gave phenomenal points in fantasy football. So, yeah, overall a great player, um, nice midfielder. Uh, and and uh, I've heard that uh, Pep also kind of praised him a lot. Uh, when we had uh, pre-season matches in Yokohama. And and uh, the kind of play that Mitoma has also suits the kind of play Guardiola endorses. So, 
would be great if we end up signing him would be a great asset to have in midfield but yeah let's see can who's your what's your formation i would love to see uh, a two striker team with haland and uh, alvarez both up front being supported with uh, by uh, grealish and uh, silva on either side honestly but um, Uh, you know, I I don't know how much of that could come true because I don't I don't think uh, Pep has ever played that system. He might have uh, Alvarez playing centre forward while Haaland becomes the main striker, but uh, that's that's like that's what I want to see. My my biggest fantasy has been to see Haaland assist Alvarez, right? And I keep saying that on the group where we all <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it's happened the other way around. I just wanted to happen. Once where Harlan can assist, and Harlan has beautiful assists last year with with uh, uh, with Foden and with uh, Mares and all of them. Uh, I really want that uh, that couple to click. Um, while <clears throat> you know the midfield is then completed with KDB and Foden, uh, while the 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 back four and or the back three can be complemented with Stones in the midfield again. Uh, that's how I fantasize about it. as far as the transfer market is concerned i think we have a good squad we have a deep squad uh, i'm not too worried even if we go the entirety of august without signing anybody else simply because uh, while other teams always try to get people externally <clears throat> it's it's uh, it's amazing to see our academy players just step up and take into that role and it's happened year on year consistently right uh, Uh, we saw Foden break through first, and then we saw uh, Delap played a year in the <clears throat> in the EFL Cup, and he did really well. Um, all of these people like such, with such great potential. Um, so I'm really excited to see the youngsters. I I still feel like uh, Mackety is a lot more exciting than uh, Cole Palmer. Like I've I've watched Cole Palmer last year uh, in the Champions League. he makes quite a few good runs but uh <clears throat> i think mackety is a lot more active than palmer is so i always favor that way and like i said earlier right like rico lewis for me i think uh, the way he conquered that entire right side all the way from being a left uh, right back uh, to scoring a goal in the box was really amazing so these two guys is where uh, is where i would put my money on Uh, even if we end up not signing anybody else, I I don't know of any other strong rumors where we could probably sign like a world class guy like uh, Guardiola. Even if there are some minor signings, I think uh, you know they they won't make such a huge news. So I'm more excited to see how the squad does with those youngsters and with these two guys coming in now. Let me just throw in another formation which could you know click right. Um, how does a five three two sound? With uh, so a, a lot of our plays come from wide, so uh, a five-three-two would sort of nullify, you know, playing. It it would make us play very very straightforward, and uh, uh, as much as our midfield is great, a lot of our plays happen to go wide, pull the defense apart, then make some space, and then make those runs, which is what Haaland needs, which is what Alvarez needs. Um, So five three two is a nice fantasy, but I I don't see it happening, because simply because uh, 
City's never been in a situation where you need five defenders at the back. Uh, even three of our best defenders, I think, are a great defense against any top team on any given day uh, than most teams who would have five defenders. And we've played so many teams like that. I remember one match where there was a 5-5, uh, there was a 5-4-1 being played against City. And we still ended up scoring about three goals against them. If I'm not wrong, it was West Ham, right? Um, and we still ended up doing that. So we we, we might play a 4-3-2 formation, a formation again. Sorry, a four, uh, but it'll never be a set formation. It'll never be a static formation. If there's anything to learn from last season, it's that it's going to be very, very dynamic in the way that how we play in position and out of possession. I think that's going to be the key. And I see a lot of teams picking up on that as well. That's when I that's what I mean by innovation that Pep brought into the whole team and in Premier League. Simply because while defending, we're playing four defenders. But when we're attacking, there are just three defenders at the back, sometimes just two. Because even the defenders are making runs, they're taking the ball forward, uh, they're going into the box. So yeah. We would never. I don't think we'd be ever be in a situation where we'd need five defenders at the back. <laughs> that naturally happens, though. A lot of times, it happens that we have five people at the back because Rodri falls back, Stones falls back. If there's like a massive attack being done, you. But you'll also see a lot of attackers then coming back to defend. Uh, one of the best defenses last year was by Jack Grealish, who's who's not even in the defense, right? Uh, Ake played so well last year. And he would half the time actually be across the half line trying to cut in balls. Uh, but yeah. Interesting uh, take. Just yeah. adding on to the this thing, um, the transfers conversation. I for some reason I would really like to, you know, see uh, Michael Odise play for City because whenever I've watched um, Crystal Palace play last season, he's been the one player to, you know, watch out for. I mean, he had I think uh, 10 or 11 assists uh, in the league last season. I mean, he can hold the width, uh, I mean, come inside and play as a number 10. He's also got um, good acceleration and um, he is a great passer as well. So, yeah, that is one addition I'd like to see in this current City squad. Mm. Would be a nice addition. Same rumours are along with Chelsea as well for Michael Olizia. Nice upcoming talent, but then time will tell where which kind of which blue he wears, the light one or the dark one. So <laughs> uh, uh just want to conclude this conversation. It has been a great conversation, and I think there's a standard question I ask all of our speakers on the day. Season is starting the coming weekend, and Abhishek, your top four for the Premier League. City, United, Arsenal, and Liverpool, and in this order. Can <laughs> uh, I think uh, City, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Chelsea? Okay, Aman. Um, in no particular order, I'd say City, Chelsea, um, Liverpool, and Arsenal. Oh, at least. Two of the three inputs, uh, I hear Chelsea in the top four. So, makes me a little I, bit I, I, give it, I give it credit only because of Pochettino coming in. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be a massive 
um, and if they're able to hold on to him and put that faith in him at least for two seasons, I see Chelsea becoming a very strong force rather than just you know chucking him out even within the first. If if he if he's gone by before the season ends, then like you guys have to really question who your uh, owners why they own the club. <laughs> That's, That's again another back, conversation. Boys. Don't worry. Frank's <laughs> gonna be back before Christmas. Anyway. I truly don't believe Liverpool have even a slightest bit of chance with the current level of activity they have. They wanted, they had to build on their current players. They have ended up selling two of very crucial players. They have not added, like, like literally there are no midfielders in the club right now apart from the two that they have bought. So, I think big question marks over Liverpool right now and their current level of transfer activity. Yes, they had two targets. They got two of them. And then a lot of players have left. So, I'm really sceptical on how Liverpool is going to manage. But, uh, right, I had a bet with Jayesh on, on City winning the Premier League again. And we have a huge bet on that. So, which side of the coin are you? Uh, do you think you're getting dethroned? Did we cover this? Yeah, yeah. We just covered this and... Uh... Abhishek and Ken are on point with the number one spot belonging to Manchester City. Uh, So, with that being said, yeah, so I I am the black horse here. So, the bet is basically whoever uh, loses has to take the other one out for dinner. So, count count me in, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You're also in Bangalore, right, Abhishek? No, I'm right now based out of Gurgaon. Okay, yeah, you know. Bangalore is a city to be, my friend. I'm, I'm in Bangalore. Let's... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in Bangalore. So You're in let Bangalore, right, right. Oh, okay, yeah, we, we, know, we are planning, a, we are planning was... an open house recording, uh, uh-huh. like in a proper studio soon. Right. So, like, I'd love to invite you. Yeah, and let me know who's buying me dinner next year. <laughs> buying nobody is buying you dinner, but I, I, if four people treat me to dinner, it's not going to be fun. So, <laughs> a lot of fun, depending. <laughs> I'm not sure did we cover this, but but uh, what about the lack of fullbacks, man? At 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 your club, uh, we've shifted to four central defenders, and we won just won the UCL with that. So I don't see any problem without any fullbacks. <laughs> The, the 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 era is of inverted midfielders and box midfielders. So yeah, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's it's a, a it's gonna be a very fun season up and coming and um it would be fun to have you guys more amount of times on the podcast more frequently so that you know we can have this continuous banter going along as of now. As I asked Akio also, and I think you might be in tandem with him that, you know, the cockiness will follow. I hope it doesn't. So, or even if it does, you don't get the chance to flaunt it. So, see you on the pitch, guys. And thank you for joining us today. And thank you for your time. Nice talking to you guys. Cheers. See you guys. It's been Great time talking here. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for coming. Really appreciate it.